This is Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question is one from the archives. It is about the unforgivable sin, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, but also what does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit and to quench the Holy Spirit? So we're going to jump right in. What does that mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? And what does that mean that that is the only unpardonable sin? Okay, let's let's take these kind of as bullets, and you interrupt me anytime you want. Okay, okay? I love interrupting right, so, you. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> you and your mother. <laughs> so, um, the Holy Spirit. Let, let's briefly start blaspheming the Holy Spirit, also known as the unpardonable sin, is recorded in the Synoptics, and that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. What does that mean? Synoptics. Uh, similar. John would be the outlier. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, the four gospels. So what's important about synoptics is when it when it occurs in all of them, we pay attention. Wow, each of those writers felt this was important to record. Got it. The context is when Jesus has cast out a demon from a person, and the Pharisees then accuse him of doing this by the power of Beelzebub. Now the context is really clear. We've got these religious authorities, scribes and Pharisees, who are opposed to Jesus, and they're saying what you did. You did it by the power of Satan. Jesus explains that a kingdom or a house, not all the synoptics use house, but a kingdom or a house, if it's divided against itself, it will fall. In other words, if Satan's group is divided against himself or God's group is divided, it's going to fall. He confronts them with the accusation that their sons, which is an interesting word, meaning your students or your disciples, are therefore guilty of the same thing. Hmm. So here's a fascinating detail in Luke eleven twenty, But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. That is a very clear reference to Exodus chapter 8, 19. And, if, and most of your Bibles have a little marginal letter or note there for a cross-reference, and they'll take you back to that. Exodus eight nineteen is when Pharaoh's magicians cannot do the same thing Moses is doing. And they say this is the finger of God. Huh. <laughs> we can't we can't replicate that that magic trick. Interesting. So let me review: to blaspheme the Spirit is to attribute Jesus' work to Satan. So is that the same as grieving the Holy Spirit, though, or are those two different passages? Um, different passages and different different concepts. Meanings. Okay, yeah, different concepts. Um, let, let me say one more thing about blaspheming before yeah. we move to grieving. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so if I'm rejecting Christ's work. Think about this. If I'm rejecting the Holy Spirit by blaspheming him, I'm therefore rejecting Christ's work. I'm rejecting the gospel. And so if a person is concerned or interested in the spirit of Christ or the Holy Spirit or Christ, he or she has probably not blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Simply, the unpardonable or sin or blaspheming of the Spirit is the rejection of Christ's work in salvation. So a believer can't commit that sin. Oh, interesting. If I'm a believer, I've accepted, I've believed, I've put my faith in Christ, Uh it's impossible for me to blaspheme the Holy Spirit because I've already accepted, not rejected what Christ has done. The Holy Spirit's work in your life. So that's why, you know, these words, we take them out of context. Wow, the unpardonable sin, that means we can't get pardoned from it. So... um, Anyway, so if a person feels like he or she has done that, I would say the fact that you feel that way is strong evidence you haven't committed the sin. Right. You wouldn't care. 
if you'd blaspheme the Spirit, you wouldn't care about Christ or the Holy Spirit. You uh-huh. have rejected uh-huh. what God's done. We might say you're an atheist or an agnostic, uh-huh. but you wouldn't be concerned. But technically, couldn't someone who have done that then later come to faith and then totally. they receive salvation? A- so, absolutely. So all of our sin is unpardonable until we receive Christ as our Savior and He exactly. does for us what we can't do exactly. for ourselves. All right, so your question on grieving. This is from Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, I remember a little from my seminary training, and one is the word, the word sealed in Greek is sfragizo, sfragizo. I always like saying that word. I know you fragizo. do. <laughs> it's an important word, and I had to do a lot of homework on it. So there. I bet you did. You deserve to say it a lot. <laughs> do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's always begin with the context, all right? Ephesians 4, 25 to 31. This is where, you know, you've heard me talk about uh, caulk covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> yeah. when, when painters, you know, they, context covers a multitude of interpretational sins. All right, so this is Ephesians chapter 4, um, which this is so helpful. You, you know, everyone knows this already, but just a reminder, when you get a verse that doesn't make sense, read the verses around it. And uh-huh. a lot of times that context will solve your, uh, will answer your questions. So let me pick up in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, to, with his neighbor. For we are all members of one another. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to all who hear. Now here's our verse. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. So look at all the, the just the words. Don't lie. Don't speak in anger. Don't sin. Don't don't steal. Don't say unwholesome words. Uh, speak edification instead. Don't be bitter. Uh, have wrath, anger, clamor, slander. What's the context? The context about how we say well, what we say and how we live this life. Uh-huh. So simply, when you and I do these things that Paul is teaching us in Ephesians to lay aside, we are not being controlled by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Ergo, we grieve the Spirit. We, uh-huh. we, and I don't want to over anthropomorphize this. Yeah, this Holy Spirit isn't like, like crying like, inside. Right, you, or, yeah. or, you know, if, if when you were a little girl and you did something and you, and you just broke your mother's heart. Right. Or you broke your father's heart. That is illustrative, but I don't want to go too far with that. Uh-huh. And so when you and I sin, we are, in a sense, grieving the Holy Spirit. In some, anytime I disobey, yeah. I'm grieving the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the unpardonable sin. We've got blaspheming the spirit. We've got grieving the spirit. And then what about, I feel like there's a quench, don't quench the spirit. Is that Paul who tells us don't quench the spirit also, at some point? Also Pauline theology in First Thessalonians 5, 19, do not quench the spirit. Now, when you hear quenching, what do you think of immediately? 
I have no idea. You're going to quench something? <laughs> I don't know. Nothing? Really? Uh, well, it's, most not, it's not in my daily vernacular, fire. to be fire. honest. Okay. You're going to quench a fire. Okay. And I don't build a lot of fires. Some of the Pentecostal history uh, had to do with, and we'll get into this further in her question, but um, the idea of quenching typically was to quench a fire. The word can also mean to suppress something. Okay. So in First Thess 5.19, it covers our relationship with others as well as a general living faithfully. Um, we're to live at peace with one another, to admonish the unruly, to encourage the faint-hearted, to help the weak, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. And again, the context covers some of the question of quenching. So here, grieving is when I disobey, when I know what to do is right and I do the wrong thing. Sure. Quenching is more a suppressing of what I know I'm supposed to do. I'm to live faithfully. I'm to be at peace with one another. I'm not be unruly. So they're finely tuned, mm-hmm. but they are a little bit different. Interesting. So it's, you know, the spirit indwells us. We are then given the fruit of the spirit that that work in us and grow in us and whatever. But so when I'm not living, when I'm either being disobedient or just not living out the things that I know God has called all believers to be doing, I can be quenching the spirit or grieving the spirit because mm-hmm. I'm not allowing Him to right. use me and grow me and and produce fruit that he would produce. And and Paul will go on in Ephesians to talk about the, the deeds of the uh, the fruit of the Spirit is compared to the deeds of the flesh are evident. Right. And those comparison right. contrasts is really helpful. So when I'm controlled by the Spirit of Christ, which is not a filling in the way we think of you know pouring into a glass, filling it up, but it's being controlled by, when I'm controlled by the Spirit of God, I'm less likely to grieve or quench uh, the Holy Spirit's work in me. If you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info is in your show notes. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonamorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain.